White Hot Church. We're one week in, really. We started last week. White Hot Church. And what we're talking about, just picture that charcoal grill, right? We're getting ready for summer here. So picture that charcoal grill. And so you put the charcoals out and you get those charcoals all lit up. You scoop them all together close. And as you let those things just simmer and get hot, man, they turn to a white hot. And uh, some of them even have that orange center to it. You know what I'm talking about? And we're going for the white hot church. Like that's the ultimate moment of on fire for him. And what does it look like for us to get heated up, white, hot, passionate on fire for him? What elements need to be true for that to happen? And uh, we started last week with Christ purposed. And uh, man, if we're not making it about Jesus Christ, you're not going to have real fire. I don't know what you will have. You can build a club of sorts and things can actually look a little healthy from the outside, but it's not what we're going after. And a Christ at the center. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Jesus is the builder. It is his church and it is all about his glory in the end. And all of God's people said, and we will start Christ purposed. And that's a white hot church, all right? So that's the first part. And uh, what we're going to be moving into today is learning the second part of it. And I just wanted to say to you this. We are committed to each and every one of these pieces. What we're talking about here over these handful of weeks, it will be a part of what we are in this church. We are going after this with all we've got. Here's my request. And make it a part of who you are individually. Because we can say what we want from the front. We can say what we want as leaders and pastors and where we're headed. But if you're not coming with us, it ain't happening. You know what I'm saying? And so this is our goal, all of us together and each one of you individually. Are you Christ-purposed, right? Make sure you're getting after that. And now today we're going to be looking at spirit-empowered. Are you trying to do it all in your own energy? Or are you letting the Holy Spirit have his work in you and through you? And we love what we're doing here. We love seeing God work in your lives and shape and change lives. And we love seeing that both locally and nationally and internationally. We're a huge part of church planting. And you've heard us mention a number of different times about different church plants that we've been going after. And we do a lot with Haiti. At least right now, we're doing a lot with planting in Haiti. And, and we just saw... A church in Haiti get launched this last week and numbers well over 400 in attendance. And that's a big deal, man. When you don't have a car, when you're walking your way into the place up in the mountains of Haiti to land those kinds of numbers as people just come out from everywhere saying, we're ready to hear about Jesus Christ. Man, there's a lot going on with that. And the church got a great launch in that first week. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Haiti coming up in the service today. I've got a couple little updates I want to share with you there too, but man, God is doing some huge work in this place, in your hearts, and even abroad nationally and internationally as we go after this. So yes, Christ purposed, now spirit empowered. Turn with me, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 12. Now, there's several different passages we could have gone to for this same content, and uh, Paul has recorded well the challenge of what it looks like to be Spirit-empowered, to make sure we're understanding what it looks like for the Holy Spirit and uh, His empowering of us individually 
to be involved in the church. So how does it look to us and what should we be going after? Uh, point number one, unity. There is one body with many members. Unity, there is one body with many members. And if we don't get this, we miss it all. I'm just telling you the work of Satan is disunity, right? The work of Jesus Christ is pulling it all together as one. We better have some massive unity in this place, rallying around each other, working together towards a common cause and a common vision with each of us a part of the whole, unity. And uh, that's our plan. That's what we're going after. So let's just walk through the verses here. For just as the body is one, and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. And uh, did you hear the word one a lot in there? And uh, there's the word one and many. One and many. And uh, let's just make sure we grasp what he's saying. For just as the body is one, he's literally talking about your physical body now. He's like, hey, let me just use the analogy of what you wander around every day with. Right? Your physical body And you have these different parts. There are many parts, many members to your body. And all the members of the body, though many, are one. Right? And so we've got these different pieces to our body. And they each have a role and a function. And we end up knowing that and being wise to that and how we use that. And we become that much more effective in whatever we're doing as we properly use that which God has given us and built together. There is one whole body and yet many pieces within it. He says here, for as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body, though many are one, uh, so it is with Christ. Though there are many, we are one. Though there are many, we are one. We are how many? Do you believe that? We are one. And uh, Man, if you're coming in here today, if you're visiting with us, I'm just saying welcome. Love to have you join us. Come be one with us. And God's doing some work in this place as truly as he's train wrecking many of us, showing us what needs to change as he begins to heal and shape and revive, as he calls us to be a part of that with others, as there's life being given in this place. And we all have a role together to go after that together. Yes, individually, where you're letting that happen in your life. Yes, as you care about the person next to you. And uh, we are how many? And we are one. And um, I can't say that strong enough. We better grasp the oneness. There is a single message we can send to this world. We serve the Lord Jesus Christ and we are one. And all of God's people said, that's where we're called to, man. That's what we're going after. And um, I could just camp on this one verse, but I'm going to move on. Uh, He says, for in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jew or Greek, slave or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. In one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. One Holy Spirit doing an amazing work. And now, Jew or Greek, slave or free, we know in other passages, it says male or female, right? It's like, it doesn't matter, man. We are one. Rally it together here. Let's stop being experts on the distinction 
and start calling together the oneness, right? Let's make sure we're going after oneness with all we've got. And uh, We have one spirit. We have one body we're called to. That body is the body of Jesus Christ. And uh, what does it look like to be one body? I'll tell you this. It starts with, Lord Jesus Christ, I trust you as my Savior. I admit who I am in you. I need you. I am a sinner. I have done things wrong. I will continue in various ways struggling with it this side of heaven. I need a Savior. And you're my King. Man, oneness starts with trusting Christ as your Savior. And uh, have you done that? It says here there is one spirit who calls us into this one body and we are baptized into that. That's trusting in Jesus Christ, believing in him, confessing him as your Lord, making much of him. And uh, don't miss it. Showing up to church doesn't make us one body. Don't miss that. Trusting in Jesus Christ, letting the spirit have his way with your soul, shaping you and calling you to this belief and confession that he's in charge. And that's when you've joined the body, okay? This is not an attendance talk. Attendance is great. And uh, we are told, do not forsake the gathering together of the assembly. But I'm telling you, showing up at church doesn't make us the church, right? Believing who Jesus Christ is and answering and responding to that call makes us the church. And all of God's people said, all right. And, uh, and all were made to drink of one spirit. It says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. Uh, how many ways can we say this? Right? And uh, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And uh, if the foot would say to the hand, I'm not like that, I guess I don't belong to the body. And uh, how often do we look around and see the gifts of somebody else in the skill set and go, I'm not like that, I guess I don't belong to the body. And uh, the answer to that is, <clears throat> wrong answer. And uh, man, it doesn't matter what the person around you looks like or is gifted like. It matters what he's doing with you. And uh, be careful. God's got a plan. And what's he calling you to? And, and he's very clear here. He's like, hey, if the foot would say, I'm not a hand. Uh, I don't belong to this body. Notice what it says after it. That would not make it any less a part of the body. Say what you want. You're still in. Right? If you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're longing for him to be your Lord and you're letting him lead in your life, you are a part of the body. And not matching up to somebody else in some way, shape, or form in what they have isn't what it's about. They don't have what you have. And that's the way it goes down. And God seems to have decided to gift not each person to be whole and complete in themselves, where we could do all of it, and we just tolerate the others around us. Some do well at acting that way, right? But that's not what it is. Everybody say, that's not what it is. We are not gifted to be the whole, complete package ourselves. We each have a role. And so let's be careful not to look at the role to our left or the role to our right and say, I don't have that. Let's figure out what we do have and what God's calling us to. 
I do not belong to the body, that would not make me any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Uh, Again, the foot to the hand, the ear to the eye, ignore that we have talking body parts right now, right? And bottom line, they're, they're looking around and they're like, I'm just not like the ones around me. And that's not the point. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged the members, each one of them. In other words, yeah, and if you look just like everybody around you and if everybody looked like each other, we would have one function we were accomplishing, not many. And we would be missing the full effect of the body. And that God's got a plan. And as you trust Christ as Savior and as he calls you into a local church, I'm telling you this. He's working with you. And he has called you. And you have a role. And what does that look like? I'm not sure. And let's work that out together. And, and what special talents, passions, gifts, loves do you have where we could start deploying that into the church for his glory? What's he calling you here for? And uh, please hear me. If you trust Christ as Savior, you're here and this is your regular church, I'm telling you, he's called you here for a purpose of serving somehow. Let's find that and get you there. And uh, May we absolutely get you deployed out serving your Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, yeah, it's a good spot for an amen. And uh, notice it says, but as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them, as he chose. God arranged each one of them. Who arranged? Do you believe that? Do you believe that your passions and skills and gifts are God-given. Okay, let's make sure we grasp that. God is doing something in you, and if you're sitting here today and you're like, I think I missed when he handed that stuff out. I don't think I have one. I don't know if I have a gift, and I'm just telling you, if you trust Christ as your Savior, Scripture is very clear, you do. Holy Spirit has taken up residence and in some way he is unleashing a part of himself through you. He is unleashing a part of himself through you. Yeah, I don't think he's done that. Yeah, scripture says he has. So now what? Now it's time to find that. Holy Spirit, what? Where, maybe even who, what age range, and what levels, and what needs, and where am I to be unleashing this thing back into the body? And a huge privilege to be going after God because of what he has done for you, in you, and through you. God has arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. Uh, as who chose? God. God knows exactly what he's doing. Jesus Christ says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I'm telling you, part of the building is unleashing through you the Holy Spirit in gifts and passions and skill sets that make this church strong. 
Man, you are needed. God is doing something. Hear me now. God could do it all on his own. God can do it all. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us. We need us. And all of God's people said, he's choosing to work through us. And so we all together make one body. Come join the body. Let's do this thing together. God empowered, Holy Spirit empowered, as he does things through you that we could not do ourselves as he chose. He says, if all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. We have a lot of uniqueness in this room. And God's building a church. And I love what he's doing in the place. And I love the passions and the skill sets that he brings. And one of the huge jobs that we have as a pastor is to get you guys plugged in where God is calling you to be. And uh, we're going to talk a lot more about gifts throughout today. But um, I'll just go with this. In Discover Harvest, we share a lot of what's going on in these ministries here and how you can plug in and biblically how we're structured. And uh, one of the pieces that Mike shares when he talks in Discover Harvest is uh, just a sweet story of a friend he was talking to here one day, uh, just ran into a girl here in the hallway and was chatting about life and uh, how things were going. And quite frankly, she was in the, I'm not really sure if I... I don't know if I have a gift or what it is or where I'm supposed to be, and I'm just not sure what I should be doing at all. And they were talking a little bit, and Mike just said, hey, what, what if you just tried this? And they talked through a few different ideas, and, and one of them was actually, why don't you talk to Kevin and just see what some needs are in and around that Fuse Fuel Arena? And she's like, I don't know. I'm not sure that's me at all. But, and the conversation just kind of ended there. That she said she'd probably take a look, and it sort of ended there, and it wasn't a little while longer, I'll t- I don't even know how long it was, what, a month, something, whatever, four or five weeks, and Mike ends up running into her in the hallway. And uh, so they're chatting a little bit, and she's on her way into the service. And she's coming in with the Fuse kids. I don't know if you noticed, but we have a bunch of fifth and sixth graders that come in and worship with us, and they sit back over here to my left, your far right, and they sit there for the first part of the service and then worship with us and then go back to their teaching element. And so she was walking with them, and she's like, This is unbelievable. This is so awesome. I love these kids. I love seeing them learn. I love being able to grow. I love seeing what God is doing in this. I never would have thought, and this is so fulfilling and satisfying. What an awesome opportunity. And thanks for sharing with me just a little bit of where I could go. And man, Kevin was so helpful and plugged in and going after it. And man, when you find your spot, there is so much joy in doing what God's called you to do. And uh, have you found your spot? And uh, what's it look like to be serving him for you? And, uh, where does God have you set up to be serving him? And, uh, man, we got ministries all over the place. You start from the moment you hit our property line, right? And you see our parking teams, right? And our greeting teams. And if it's raining, our greeting teams with umbrellas. Right? 
And we've got people all over inside. We've got the Welcome Center and the bookstore. And we've got the atrium management with cafe and some other things going on in the atrium to manage flows and safety and all that. And we've got children's ministry and fuse and fuel. And we've got production with sound and lighting and video. And we've got worship team. And we've got small group leading. And man, we've got ministries all over the place. We've got teachers teaching studies. And dude... Come join us. What has God called you to? What is the Holy Spirit working in you and through you to unleash? And uh, if you're still in the, I have no idea. Hang on. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. All right? First step, just make sure we grasp. We are to be one body, unified. And God's calling us and empowering us to be a part of it. Number two, purpose. Jesus Christ builds his church with each one of us having a role. Jesus Christ builds his church with each one of us having a role. And uh, Make sure you understand that our role here is to glorify God. I'm just gonna camp on this for a moment before we dive into the verses. Please hear me on this, hear my heart. When you serve in the church, your role is to glorify God. When you serve in the church, Your role is to glorify God. Okay, what it's not. When you serve in the church, it is not to make sure everybody knows how cool I am. When you serve in the church, it is not to make sure people can lift my name on high and celebrate me in some way. And uh, they need me. And... uh, Be careful, service can quickly become selfishness. And may we not be about that. Lord, may we glorify you. May this church be on fire because we are here celebrating you and as your spirit works through us and we do a work and people are changed, may we be dropped to our knees in awe of your glory. All about him, all right? Serve him, that's what it's about. Here we go. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. In the first part, he was like, please make sure we get this. As you look at the guy next to you and you're like, well, I'm not like them. They're so gifted. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a hand. Right? May we not do that. This jealousy, the looking over and saying, I can't measure up to them. Let's not do that. That's part one. Now part two is, well, you're not like me. Right now it's arrogance and pride. You should be more like me. Why can't you see life the way I see life? Why can't you see that? Right? It's not that everybody say that's a bad plan. Right? That's a bad plan, man. And as we get the strong passions and giftings, we get great structure in life and in this ministry as we work together and as we start bringing together our people skills and our task skills. Right? Man, we'll see life differently through those two lenses, won't we? And and as we start bringing together the extrovert and the introvert, we'll get some perspective shifts on some of that, right? And let's work together and being able to see the whole and do the whole and fill the whole that God might be glorified. Man, I love doing ministry alongside of an on-fire body. And uh, it's a blast to see people filling a role and thrilled to be there. And a huge opportunity. um, Okay. 
He says, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, because then they'd be a jerk, right? Uh, Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you, that's being arrogant. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. All of that can just be summed up as, man, just look at how you handle your own body. And there's things that we end up doing with our body where we're ending up being more modest and there's more covering and more care and and yet all things are indispensable. And be careful as you start to say to a member of the body, you're not like me, you're not needed. And uh, he actually uses the words in here, uh, weaker and indispensable are some words that you see in the original language. And uh, as you start to see these less honorable, um, weaker parts, if you will, it's interesting. A couple of the commentaries said, I almost wonder how far back he's trying to tie this. Could it be he's not just tying back to the spiritual gifts and he's talking about lesser and stronger gifts, but he's actually tying back to chapter 8 in this book, chapter 8, where he's actually talking through what a weaker brother is and wrestling with sin, and possibly the struggles and the hurts that are going on, and the care that we pour in in this body, and the care that we have for one another. Man, it is incorrect and not God-honoring to call to a church and say, hey, I want everybody to be strong. Nobody have any needs. That's not where we're at. And we need to be pouring it on and caring for those around us. And there is times where those need to have some real heavy care poured in. Praise be to God. We'll do that. We take care of. And we will treat our body as having each part indispensable. Right? High value. Make sure we grasp the value of all of this. And... um, I just wrote this down. I say this a lot in uh, First Connections as well, so you'll hear a variation on this this afternoon for those that are First Connections, but two possible roles that a person can have here. Um, You're either helping, you're diving in, you've got some gifts and passions and you're going after it with us, you're helping, or bottom line is there's a ton going on right now in your life and it's time to just take a season for healing. Helping and healing. Man, one of those two things needs to be going on in your life. And uh, yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm not doing either of those. Yeah, well, pick one. That's what needs to be going on. Lord, what needs to be changed and shaped in me? And maybe it's time for me to get some help. And maybe it's time for me to sit down with some biblical counseling or talking to my small group leaders or being a part of a ministry here that just pours it in with me and I start to literally grow and heal and God transform. That's great, man. And if you're here and you are wiped out and devastated, we say this often. If you've started visiting to this church, man, take a season. Take a season where you're not diving in and serving. You're just sitting in the chairs and recovering and healing. And uh, so two things we always ask someone coming in from the outside, make sure you leave well. If there's a church you've been a part of, man, get there and resolve relationships, leave well. Please do that. And uh, make sure that there are relationships that maybe you need to say you're sorry. Like, I'm sorry, I really, I know I was offensive with some of my actions or my words, please forgive me. 
do that. And uh, make sure you get some stuff resolved. They may apologize to you. That's great. And it could end up that everything gets resolved and you're not attending this church anymore. You're back there. We're good with that. Man, get those relationships resolved. Leave well. And then as you sit down here, take that season to heal. And just let the word wash over you and let the worship time pour over you. Let the Holy Spirit transform you and watch God do a work. I'm telling you, there's a point where you're going to jump out of your chair and you're ready to serve. And as you're jumping out of your chair ready to serve, there are others coming in and sitting down going, oh my word, I just need a breath. I need to heal. And uh, praise God for that. And uh, so, hey man, we take this for real. Helping and healing. Those are the two roles. And if you're in the healing mode, great. Then do that. And please hear me. Do that. Man, if you need to step down from a ministry in a season because you have so much stuff going on, do that. And uh, heal well. Please don't just end up sitting in the seats and letting it all wash by and no healing or helping. Just coming to church to check a box and feel good about it. Everybody say, that's a bad plan. Dude, that's not where we're at. Helping or healing. That's the call. And either way, I think we're hitting at the point of this passage. Man, indispensable. And we're going to care for you with all we've got. And let's watch God do a great work. And uh, he says, which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body. That there may be what? No division, man. Unity. When Jesus Christ is at work, when the Holy Spirit is pouring it on, no division. Unity. The earmark of our God will be oneness. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Ephesians chapter 4. There is oneness with God. No division. And all of God's people said... And that's what we're going after, a church on fire, white hot. We'll have God working through them, oneness pouring out, and a ton taking place. Some helping, some healing, and God doing a work, white hot on fire, all right? That's what we're going after. And uh, he says, that we know division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. May God be glorified. And uh, so many of you remember last fall when I had a little incident and I broke all the toes on my left foot. That was not a fun time. And uh, it's amazing how important toes are, right? And you don't realize it until all of them are broken. And now I'm on crutches for weeks. And, and so I've been recovering off of that and, and things are doing well. There's a little stiffness, but things are going well and I'm doing okay. And so, you know, you don't realize it, but when you've injured something, you favor it and you don't even necessarily mean to. And so I started favoring it without knowing it, where I would always reach my right foot out first. And so you might know where this is going. And so this past week, I was walking by something that was set by the counter, and I hit my right foot, I hit one of the toes, just square on the front of one of the toes, just drilled it. And I'm like, oh, 
You know how it's just like literally, it hits you in the toe and you feel it in your chest? Do you know what I'm talking about? I had one of those, oh, and it like shuddered me. And I'm, right, you're in the room. I'm like limping over. I sit down and I'm like, I think I broke my toe. I think I broke my old foot. This is killing me. And I'm looking at it and then blood starts to come out. It had lifted the nail up. And uh, thank you. Thank you for feeling my pain. I appreciate that. <laughs> Join with me in that. That's beautiful. And, uh, and uh, I'm just telling you, that hurt. That, that's an understatement. That hurt. And uh, so I put a Band-Aid on it, and I'm starting to limp around. I can't even remember what it was. Was this Friday? Whatever it was, I was like, how am I going to preach, man? And I'm like trying to figure out how to put some weight on and tighten the bandage up. And I'm like, it hurt for a long time. And I'm limping around, feeling that up into my shoulder blades. And uh, that's the church. And when somebody's hurting in this room, we're hurting. The end. That's where we're at. And if we don't get that, this place becomes ice cold, not white hot. We hurt with you. And we long with you. And we pray with you. And we agonize with you. And we seek for healing to occur. And all of God's people said, when one hurts, all hurt. And that's the way it goes down. And uh, that is a church, white hot on fire. And, uh, and if one is honored, all rejoice together. There can be a massive celebration in the body as we rally together and lift it up, as we make much of our king. All right. So I just want to give you a little update. And uh, it's a sad one. So we've planted some churches in Haiti, and uh, we planted Jacmel, which just is on fire. The church is running about 1,000 people, and quite frankly, the problem they're having is trying to get a building finished so they can get more people in, and it's just been neat to see what God's doing there. Uh, we planted Mount Plot, which was up in the mountains. We've planted Cap Rouge uh, just last week, and uh, so Mount Plot. The senior pastor there uh, had a, an extended experience down in Haiti. He lived there, grew up there in Jacmel, and, uh, but he had moved up to Canada. And I uh, had a passion to go back to Haiti and be there. And uh, so we ended up getting him plugged in uh, there as a senior pastor. And, um, and it hasn't gone well. Um, can't take it. And uh, so they've backed out. They are now back in Canada. They moved back fast, which... Uh, has our heads spinning a little bit, to be fair, and the fellowship as well up north who is handling this. Um, so be praying for Mount Platt. Um, I'm just telling you, I couldn't handle it either. All right? I knew that beforehand, so that disappoints me a little bit. And if somebody would have said, hey, why don't you go to the mountains of Haiti and be a pastor, I'd say, you have the wrong guy. <laughs> um, so we do need to know ourselves, and we need to understand our strengths and our weaknesses. And uh, the better you understand your strengths and weaknesses, the better it works. And uh, this pastor has now sent shivers down that church's spine. We are now struggling to find somebody who can preach French Creole and uh, who knows the culture of Haiti, and that's not easy. And uh, it looks like at this point what's probably going to happen, in fact, I think it already has now in these last couple weeks, 
is the church has actually pulled back from being a harvest and has changed their name to something else, and they're trying to go with a broader ministry name set at this point and get into some other ministries, and they're going to see how that rolls. There's some local guys there without seminary training. Um, this is not how we want it to roll. So I just want you to know, I'm being real with you, man. We can talk about victories up here, but if we don't talk about struggles, it's a little bit of a shuck and jive, isn't it? And uh, so let's keep it real, man. And planting churches is a dicey ministry. And when something gets built that Jesus Christ somehow may not be quite a part of, it really shows fast. And uh, this was someone who should not have gone down and was probably in a little bit of too much people-pleasing mode. There were some people calling him down, and he had a lot of history and family down there, and felt he could do something, and it wasn't a good match, and it blew him up. And uh, so he's back in Canada right now and uh, healing and trying to figure out next steps, and uh, that church is reeling. And uh, here's the awkwardness. Uh, when you go to the mountains down there, like literacy is close to zero. And uh, we're lucky if you get a fourth to fifth grade literacy out of the majority of the people. So it's predominantly an oral teach that's going on down there. So it's tough to find leaders from within and just raise them up and get them leading it. So uh, we're praying for that, and we're Lord willing there will be somebody that can come along to take this church. Why do I want to tell you this? Two things. One, I want to be real about some of what's going on in, in Haiti, and it's good for you to hear it. And uh, it's good for you to be praying with us. Dude, when we're trying to find names of people that can go after this, we're not perfect. And there's times where people pull back away from ministry. Paul felt it with John Mark pulling back. And it can be tough. And I'm sad for this. And let's keep praying for that church, for fire to occur there, even in the midst of the downsizing, all right? And if the church is still running a couple hundred people and they're traveling in every day, like the people are still there. So if leadership can step up, some good things can happen. We just don't have a name. And uh, so that's where we're at. We're praying for that. They're probably going to move a different direction away from Harvest at this point is the way it looks. And they have already changed their name. So that's where we're at. It's a quick update. Why do I say that? Because when one hurts, the whole body hurts. When that one is the head, oh my word, does it hurt. And this one took the church hard reeling, okay? Now let's turn the corner to us. How are we doing here? How are you doing here? Are you reeling? Are you hurting? Are you ready to stand up and get after serving? Man, it is time for us to get you to the right spot, and that means if it's time to get help, then get the help. If it's time to step in and serve, then let's do that. But sitting on the sideline is not what it's about. And all of God's people said, let's get you to the right spot, right place, right time, that you can either grow in him by healing or grow in him by serving. And if we get you there too fast to the wrong spot, things can go a little sideways. And so let's be very careful together how we do this. Fair? All right? I love you guys. And I love what God's doing in this church. And I love what he's doing as we plant. And it doesn't come without its costs. Some of the hardest experiences we had have been planting these churches. And I haven't gone into details about the Dark, demonic stuff that comes with planting a church and the kick back into our leadership here when we do it. And uh, man, we haven't gone without our wounds on this thing. And uh, please know we are continuing to pray and that God might do something. And if it's something in that church, that'd be great. 
And if they're going to be something else, some other church, God willing, they remain smart to making it Christ-purposed and spirit-empowered. And all of God's people said, that's where we're headed, all right? Okay. Unity, purpose, and number three, calling. Calling. Know how the Holy Spirit has empowered you and serve mightily. Know how the Holy Spirit has empowered you and serve mightily. And, uh, here we go. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. I love this. You kind of lose it in the English, but in the original language, the you there is in the plural. So I'll just say it kind of, we'll go Southern style now so you get it. Now y'all are the body. Are you hearing it? You all, plural. Y'all are the body of Christ and individually members of this body. Man, this is your place you belong. If you trust Christ as your Savior and you call this place home, welcome to your body. And you are individually a member of it and there is one body. How many bodies? There is one body. And you are individually a member of it. And God has appointed to this church individual members. Here we go. Here's some of the giftings. Apostles and prophets and teachers, miracles and healings and helping and administrating and various kinds of tongues. And uh, let's just walk through these real quickly. Apostle, that's like somebody who's gifted to be able to plant and build churches. Okay, the gift of apostleship, but I'm just going to say this as well. Be careful with that word because that's a word that is applied to the first 13 guys, all right, with the gift of being able to speak and say, thus saith the Lord, and that is what the Lord was saying, all right? And so it's a very unique gifting. We're not going to call anybody a, an apostle nowadays. We're careful with that word. The apostles are a unique group of guys that recorded the word of God and were with Christ in some way, shape, or form. That's the apostles. We'll call them church planters. All good with that? So we're still seeing this building passion gift, but we're taking down one level the I'm an apostle over the church, uh, and I now have some authority to write and say, thus saith the Lord, and make new stuff up. Like, we're not going there, all right? And uh, so we're using the word of God as the closed counsel of God from the original apostles. We do have builders. We do have planters. And uh, prophets, thus saith the Lord... And a great way to do that, open up the word of God and speak forth the truth of God's word. That's a great form of prophetic speak, is speaking forth what it says right here. And uh, this is predominantly, this is what we go after, man. Speaking his word, we proclaim the authority of God's word without apology, all right? And uh, before they had the word recorded and, and available to them, right, before it was declared as fully sufficient what they had, there was a lot of sharing through men to be able to share things out. And uh, can there still be this gift today? And uh, well, there, some would say the sign gifts have ceased. I would be careful on that. First Corinthians 13 says that when they have ceased, it says the perfect will have come and we will see not through a glass dimly, but see Christ face to face. I would challenge that's probably not the best way to describe the position we're in, okay? And I think that's probably speaking more to the millennial kingdom and on. And uh, so, yeah, there's possibilities for this to be even example now, but I will say this, when you have the word of God, can we please stop asking for more and other, right? That, that deserved a really good amen. When we have the word of God, let's stop asking for more and other. Amen. And that's what we need to be after. If God's given us clarity in his word, then let's go after that. 
And let's live that richly and fully, all right? So, okay, he gives us apostles, he gives us prophets, teachers, making clear how it all works together, miracles, blowing your mind with what seems to be normal, but it went very other. God did a work, right? Miracles, healings, whether that be spiritual or physical, God doing some things. And uh, please note, the majority of healings and miracles done in the Gospels and Acts were followed with power gospel message and people saved, all right? It is about eternity in the balance, not the moment of physical and comfort in the balance. You hearing me? It is not about comfort in the moment that's in the balance. That's not what God's weighing in on. Boy, I hope I can make my people a little more comfortable. Like, that's not the goal. He's longing to shape lives. And so the miracles and the healings are going to be huge on bringing people to trust him. And uh, helping, coming alongside of a need. Man, there are so many in this room that are gifted with helps. Being able to see a need and roll up a sleeve and go after it. Administrating. You know who you are because if you open your file cabinet, it is really organized, right? Your desk looks spotless. You love your room clean, right? These gifts of administration are organization, structure. You grasp what it looks like to keep things in order, and uh, you do well with that. And um, Administrating and then various kinds of tongues, being able to communicate across language barriers, and uh, communicate to somebody, this is not, oh, I took Spanish for five years. I have the gift of tongues. No. You have the gift of learning. You learned a language, right? The gift of tongues is like, I've never studied it, and all of a sudden, it's coming out of my mouth, like Peter in Acts chapter 2. And people are hearing and understanding and grasping, and they're getting saved because you're speaking a language that you never studied. And... Uh, I would not say this has ceased. I would also say, though, that God definitely allows us to use these in very unique form. Some would say every single person should be speaking in tongues. That's the proof of salvation. And there are some teaches in that in the church. What does God's word have to say about that? Are all apostles? The answer here is, are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Let's get a no bigger. Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Scripture spoken. So let's just be done with that. Anybody telling you you got to speak in tongues to be saved is not going through God's word. The end. All right? Clear enough? And um, do all interpret? We had two people say no. No, I'll say it for you. But earnestly desire the higher gifts, these gifts that start sharing and interacting amongst people and caring and building the body, gifts that include love. In fact, he says, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And then he goes into 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. This is the excellent way. Take these gifts and now love on those around you. The excellent way, this heart of passion and compassion for those around you. Love on them with all you've got. And uh, All right. Some of you sitting here might be like, that's great. I do not have a clue what my gift is. And uh, So let me just say this, all right? A few pieces for you. First, write these passages down. 1 Corinthians 12, which is the one we're in. 1 Corinthians 12. Romans 12, Ephesians 4. 
1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4. These are the three passages that speak about gifts, and they bring in some gifts. Each of them talks about a few others, and if you add them all up, you get a number of gifts there, all right? So those are the gifts. I'm just going to say it this way. Study those, look at those, read those, get a gist to what those are and understand them a little bit. Be careful. There are many that start adding a lot of gifts beyond what's listed in Scripture. I understand what they're doing. They're thinking maybe it's not a conclusive, uh, just a closed list. Um, I would just be careful. They begin to usually describe roles in the church as gifts. That's not the best plan. Uh, a gift can actually be applied in multiple roles in the church. So let's not just look at one role and, you know, what, what do you have the gift of? I have the gift of janitor. That's not a gift, dude. Like, I appreciate it, but you probably have the gift of helps maybe even administration and organization, and, and you're applying it in the realm of cleaning up, right? And uh, make sure you go after this carefully. Don't just add roles into the list, okay? So look at those passages. Top five ways I can learn my gift. Let's just write these down real quickly. Top five ways I can learn my gift. Number one, salvation. Dude, you're going to have to be saved before you have the Holy Spirit empowering you to do something. Salvation. Trusting Jesus Christ, belief and confession that he is God Almighty, he's in charge. Then Holy Spirit takes up residence and gives a gift, okay? There is no spiritual gift without salvation. So number one, salvation. Number two, participation. Participation. Uh, dive in. Engage. Like, I don't know what my gift is. Dive in. Engage. I'm telling you, I started as a 15-year-old. I was working with one and two-year-olds. And had a blast doing it. And then got up into working with third graders. And then I worked with fifth grade boys. I was in a Bible church. I ended up teaching Sunday school for seventh grade boys. And then I moved into high school ministry. And then college ministry. And then young adult ministry. And, and then I moved over into being able to teach at an adult married ministry. This is all before I was ever a pastor. This is while I was just working in the church. I was with you. Doing your exact thing. Just finding a spot. And uh, finding those things that worked well for me. And over time, the teaching, preaching, shepherding, passion gifts all came roaring out. I'm just telling you, I had no clue I had any uh, hunger or passion or skill around shepherding until we stepped in working at Harvest and we were working with the young adult singles, actually the older singles, kind of 30 and up. It was a hurting crew. There was a lot of pain. And man, we did a ton of shepherding that year and loved it. And all of a sudden, my confirmations about certain gifts started rising. If you're in a spot where you don't know your gifts, dive in. You'll get confirmation. Like, it could go like this. This is absolutely where I should be. It could go like this. This is absolutely where I should not be. Right? And that's fine. Dive in and let's figure out what God's got in store. Salvation, participation, number three, passion. Passion. Man, how is God tripping your switch? What do you get hungry about? Head towards that a little bit, Right? Follow your passions. He's not going to make you gifted to do something you hate and aren't about. They don't work that way. They work together. Your passions and your gifts will work together. Okay? Get some feedback. That's number four. Feedback. Talk to people. Talk to educated, well-known, well-understood, usually leadership people. Be careful who you talk to on this one. If you talk to somebody who's got the gift of encouragement, they're not going to tell you it's not a match. You hearing me? And you're like, dude, what do you think? Am I good with these two-year-olds? Oh, I love your heart, man. <laughs> really, you're trying with all you got, and, and it's so awesome how you're... And, and the answer is, um, no. No, probably not the best match. 
You really do well interacting. Maybe it should be up a little bit in age range where you could teach a little bit more. And maybe that's in the higher ground area in first through fourth grade. Maybe that's in junior high or high school. Maybe that's a small group leader and that's good feedback. We as pastors are skilled at doing that. Your small group leaders may be very skilled at doing that. Get some wise input to where you're at. Spouse can usually give some good feedback. And uh, <laughs> be careful. But uh, talk together, be wise about that, and share together and talk it out. What do you think of me in this area? And see how it goes a little bit. Get some feedback. Don't get feedback before you've tried it. You won't know. If I'd have thought shepherding, I'd have said no until I tried it. And then I was passionately in love with it and uh, going after it, all right? So feedback. And then there's gift tests online. Have you ever seen these where you actually answer questions, rate them one to five, yada, yada? You can go online. There's free ones all over the place, spiritual gift tests. Be careful what you're doing with it, but I'll just say the best one that I've ever seen, uniquely you in Christ. That's not free. It's a $10 one, but it's got a lot of thoroughness to it. It goes through some personality elements, spiritual gifting elements, really powerful. Uniquely you in Christ if you want to go through something. I'm just telling you, kind of a waste to do the spiritual gift test until you've done some diving in and experiencing. Because all the questions are about experience. How do you do in this? How do you do in that? How do you like this? And if your answer is always, I have no idea. I have no idea. That's a waste of 10 bucks, right? So dive in, get some experience, see what God's got going on. God has brought you here for a reason. And all of God's people said, God has brought you here for a reason to serve. May he be glorified. And I'm just gonna say this at the end. We have a ton of needs going on as we move to a third service, and uh, we would love to see you jump in. Right now, immediate, we have a ton of needs in higher ground. Today was Move Up Sunday. For those of you who have kids, you're like, amen to that, right? And it's Move Up Sunday, and the kids are moving to the next grade, and man, we would love to get some more workers plugged in with higher ground. If you are willing to be working with that kind of birth, even up through sixth grade, we'll count fuse in there on Sunday mornings, if you're willing to work in those children's arena, you're like, I think God's calling me to even just be a help in there, not teaching necessarily, but just laughing with the kids, helping them out, and if that's you, man, we would love to get you signed up. And we got a lot going on out there with the Move Up Sunday, but they've got some green balloons floating out there. If you are interested in being part of higher ground, everybody hearing me now? If you are interested in being part of higher ground, I would love to see some people going back and just saying, hey, I want to consider it. I don't even know what I'm saying right now, but can, just get some connect info with them, your name and some contact, and they'll end up getting back in touch with you. Let's see what God does. If it's not higher ground, great. Let's just be considering prayerfully, where does God have you? As we move forward, we are one body. We are called to be either healing or helping. What's God calling you to be a part of in this church? Let's watch God do an amazing work. Ready? As the Holy Spirit comes in and empowers you to do what no one else in this room can do except you and the Holy Spirit together. Let's lay it down, worship him with all we've got, and give it our all. That's spirit-empowered. And all of God's people said, let's pray.